You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast, comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us once again. Kapow, the pop culture podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe. And I'm Cliff Barnes. I can say and. Period. Period. We're a twosome tonight. Everybody else bailed. (laughs) Seth has been uh, thrown into some overtime hours at his job. Won't get personal or anything, but he, he works in a hospital, so you can imagine uh, things are a little bit hectic right now in the world of hospitals. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it is definitely um, not a fun time to be in healthcare right now. So, especially in our area. But yeah, and Seth can... Michael Michael had some family issues involving healthcare as well. So, right. Yeah. So. So it's just us. We're we're gonna we're gonna soldier on here and uh, and uh, try and get an episode out because uh, I took the weekend off. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know or isn't from the Mid Ohio Valley, it is as we record Sternwheel Weekend. Well, the the masses were gathering as I left work tonight. It was. <laughs> They, I tried to pull out of the alley, and they had the cones already blocking my exits. Like I had to oh. do a U, I had to do a U-turn in an alley. Oh no! Go out the other way. But <laughs> yeah, you're probably better off. <laughs> you just stay away from. You think it? You think those hospitals are crowded now? You you wait a week. So, and people having like heart attacks and strokes, they're choking on elephant ears or something, or not? <laughs> right. <laughs> Eating all that greasy food. Big. Big tenderloin sandwiches down there. <laughs> There's not going to be any health care for you. So, no. So, be careful. <laughs> so, yeah. Just walk, walk time. the plank. Just walk off the edge of the boat. <laughs> right into the <laughs> right river. Burial <into> <laughs> sure. at sea. That's all you're going to get. Yeah, that's, that's your best bet at this point. <laughs> uh, that's dark humor to start off the episode. <laughs> So yes, definitely it's been a busy time in the in our area. We had uh, the big Washington County Fair last weekend over Labor Day. And that uh traditionally um just rolls right into Sternwheel Festival weekend and uh brings in a lot of tourists, a lot of business uh typically. So I have a lot of entertainment down on the riverbank and uh and fireworks tomorrow night. So on top of that, um, I mentioned to Jordan off air there that uh, a couple of the area high schools are having homecoming this weekend. So uh, there's some football games going on right now and uh, some dances uh, this weekend for homecoming. So I know my daughter's really excited. It's her first high school homecoming event. Oh. And uh, yeah, so um, she got invited um by some of her her volleyball teammates she's really excited she's gonna get her hair did tomorrow she got her nails done the other the other night she's got a dress all ready to go so a lot of stuff happening in the area 
Yeah, especially after a year of not having those normal high school sort of activities. Like I, I get why the excitement is back trying to trying to get some semblance of normalcy going again. I think that's really what it's all about. It's uh, it's been a it's been it's been a long year and a half in 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 the schools and with the kids and and unfortunately you only get one shot at high school. Um, at least most of us, unless you're like Marty McFly or something. <laughs> um, so, so I feel for those kids because I had a lot of fun in high school doing that stuff, and uh, and you hate to see them miss out, but but we want them to be safe. So, does she have a mask that matches her dress? <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, sh- I I didn't even think about that. Got to coordinate should. the mask and the corsage and the nails and it's, all that. It's all got to yes. <laughs> High fashion. Um yeah, so other than that, um what else what else has been going on? I uh, you, I hopped you, on the yeah, yeah, hopped on yeah. over to the Rattlech and broadcasting is it is it still the Rattlech and broadcasting? They are part of the W2M network. Okay. And so if we, I think yeah, Rattlech wanna... is a subsection of the W2M parent network. Okay. So if we want to find them on like Apple Podcast or Spotify or or whatever, right. yeah, that's how we do it now. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, we got invited um, to our uh, our friend, our original listener jesse starter uh he he invited us over to um one of his trivia games uh he's played with us on some patron stuff we've done before mm-hmm. um we just don't ever record ours <laughs> and so and he's done those wizard magazine quizzes with us where right he would do a, a quiz from 25 years ago so he's 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 been a quiz player and a quiz master so yeah we got invited and uh to do a a trivia show and last weekend and uh it was it was the subject of said trivia was going to be toys and toy lines so we so, knew who to send so Our ringer we sent the ringer <laughs> uh it's called the show's called tripped up trivia you want to look for that i'll put i'll put a link in the show notes here but they had done uh a sci-fi episode where all the questions were sci-fi related they did one about female superheroes. Um, yeah. The last one was uh, when Space Jam came out. They did WB Animation. So each each one has a specific theme. So this was the fourth one, toys. And I'm mm-hmm. I gotta say I'm glad you went. Uh, I don't think I would have done as well as you. I I, I would have done mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. But there were several like the uh, one was uh, Tinker Toys. And yeah. My mind was so, just went blank. I could picture them in my head what it was and i thought erector set the uh, the only thing i could think of was erector set and i knew it wasn't that but i could not come up with the name of tinker toys i did know the female ninja turtle that one i i uh see yeah i i I, it took a minute for me to (laughs) i had to think about that one for a little bit but i felt like maybe i don't know where i've heard that question before because i hadn't really watched the show but i'd heard that question before so Mm. I got lucky in the in in that one, um, but you know, in all honesty, there was some good competition. Like, I I kind of going into it, I thought, okay, I should know a good portion of this of these questions. Hopefully, you know, and um, 
and uh it was going to be myself evan bevins um <laughs> has been on he's been on our show before yes yes uh remington hitchcock so one half of the uh our arch nemesis solo ogre <laughs> <laughs> so and and then uh and mark radilich um were the contestants so but it was it, it was close it was fairly close um i got lucky on a few questions made a little run there uh the second half of the of the show but jesse jesse did a pretty good job with with the questions um and not making them too easy but yet impossible to figure out so <laughs> and the star wars one stumped you i think yes. you, i think you ended up guessing right but you it wasn't something you knew for sure from that original kenner yeah. star wars line yeah the early bird set there was a question about that and and uh, uh you had to he gave us multiple choice and you had to figure out which figure wasn't included in that original four or something like that and i i just kind of got lucky um again <laughs> but uh but it, but it was a lot of fun it's a good show it's out there now he's already he got it edited and posted pretty quickly so um spoiler alert uh I beat the pants out off all of them. <laughs> dominant, a dominant performer. Oh, had to, uh, had to lay it down. There was no, you know, I didn't really care that I won, but I, I just knew I had to beat Remington. <laughs> that was my whole goal. Like I can't let those two show us up. So Mission accomplished. Um, I think Jesse mentioned uh, as we were recording, they're going to do at some point, I think they're going to do some Disney trivia. Um, That's not on, even fair. Yeah, they I was need, like, bring, they need to handicap you in some way. Bring it on, boys. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> like, you should have to answer before they give the multiple choice questions or something to, <laughs> to at least make it yeah. somewhat I, level playing field. I was trying to, uh, I was, as he was reading the questions, I was trying to type the answers in to see if I could get them sent in before he was done with the questions. I did a couple times, but I think I, I wasn't the only one that was doing that on several of those questions. So, cause at, at one point, Jesse was kind of like, guys, guys, let me read the question. Let me finish the question before you start sending me answers. So. Well, it sounded like a good time. Uh, I, I, the, the trivia was about an hour long. But the episode is about an hour and a half because Jesse put in so many outtakes and, and bloopers at the end. So yeah. it must have been a, a, a there, laugh, laugh-filled night. A lot of comments. There was a lot of um, singing, just spontaneous singing, <laughs> um, which was, you know, that was a little different for me. Remington, has, Remington has the voice of an ogre. Uh, <laughs> I mean, angel. <laughs> so... If you're not familiar, guys, um, and, and you are in our local area, even if you're not in our local area, you know, check out some of some of our podcasting friends and enemies and frenemies um, that uh, that we've met um, pretty much through podcasting. So that's one of the benefit of doing this stuff and putting content it mm -hmm. out is you you get to meet um, other people trying you know to do similar things than you. And that, that, there's a pretty decent chance the only people listening to us are other podcasters that's true <laughs> most likely all, all right of now. our download numbers might be from other podcasters yes yes it, it, that's very very possible that 
that Jesse Starcher and and Remington and and, and probably Brandon Full um, are going to be half the the listeners to this episode right now. So, so we got that going for us. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> a download is a download, as we've said before. All right, so uh, it's just two of us, but I know we've seen some movies recently. Save Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before Zod! Under Ruth! Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. Ha, 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 ha. What you been watching? Very recently. Um, not a whole lot this week uh, that I that comes to the top of my head, but you had mentioned um, on our, I think our last episode about uh, Netflix having that Bob Ross documentary called Bob Ross Happy Accidents. Happy Accident. What was the rest of it? Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. There it is. Bob liked the thrill of watching a new student smile with a fresh, new, beautiful painting. Bob would just make him so happy, it's it's unreal. It's like, man, did I do this? I couldn't have. Yes, you did. There's a lot going on besides painting. And I think people are aware of that and they enjoy that. It's the documentary documentary everyone's talking about right now, Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. It's streaming on Netflix. It is the story of what happened after Bob Ross passed away at the age of 52 and the people who took over his business. Yeah, I, I had seen it on that. I think it had just dropped last the last time we recorded about it, so I hadn't had a chance to watch it, but I did. Um, so, yeah, of course, The Joy of Painting, the famous <laughs> Bob Ross, it aired on over 300 PBS stations between 1983 and 1994, going out to over 80 million people every day. Um, and old, the old episodes on YouTube have over 450 million views. <laughs> so he, he's still a cultural uh, icon. Yeah. Um, yeah. His image is still on paints and, and canvases and how-to books as well as you know silly chia pets and right and pop vinyl dolls that like you know underwear and socks you know halloween costumes right right yeah so he's he's still in the serious art world and also in the the more the pop culture realm right well this this documentary kind of goes it tells you about his life and the the uh, how he got there but it also takes a little bit darker turn of how Bob Ross incorporated the, the company, the business that surrounded him has basically, uh, I don't know, taken over ownership of, of yeah. him and his copyrights and his art and his, his, his likeness name. and his name. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize this until I started watching it, but I must have watched something or read and read some stuff about Bob Ross. Maybe, maybe it was, I don't, 
I mean, he died in like 1995 or something. So I don't yeah, want to. There was there was just an article a couple months ago that um it was about how few of his paintings have come up for sale. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was it. That kind of got some traction, but it was like the guy painted. You know, there were hundreds of episodes of the show. Every weekend he was doing seminars and training sessions and. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, before he was discovered, he was just out. You know, he was at flea markets and stuff doing. Paint. So there are, I think they said like thirty thousand possible paintings out there, and like they never come up for sale. That's insane. Yeah, this this Bob Ross Incorporated has a warehouse of them just stacked away, hidden somewhere, and the ones that do, you know, it like he, he's the most prolific painter in American history, probably. Right. But, right. Know, oh, like, yeah. He doesn't come up for auction houses and eBay sales and stuff like that. It is a very rarity. So that was an interesting article before all the scandal of, of, of this stuff from. From this documentary. Yeah, because I it didn't really <laughs> it didn't get into a whole lot of like his his real early stuff. And like his his mentor was was a guy that made painting vi videos very similar to his, his name was Bill Alexander. And he was a German immigrant who I have some faint recall of reading about some stuff about him, about him coming from like, you know, Nazi Germany. Um, and he kind of had like a whole, a whole history uh, going on there that, that may have been a little, <laughs> may have been a little sketchy himself um but yeah he was less warm and cuddly than yes. Bob ross and his happy trees this guy was like here we're painting this, this yeah. kind of <laughs> it was that, blue over here right now yeah, yeah it, it was it was the very stereotypical yeah. german guy <laughs> old german guy he's yelling and, and screaming as he's painting and dragging it and yeah but um but not a whole lot about that. Um, it kind of, and, and like his military background and everything left a little bit of some, some mystery there, I guess. But, but we got, you know, the majority of, of this documentary covered his, his career um, after he got out of the, out of the military started, you know, doing these workshops and like you said, and this and that, and then how that sprung into, into the partnership um, with, with another couple who, you know, more or less ran the business side of it. But as they did that, they completely kind of screwed over every, everybody they were in business with or competing against at one point. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there were some other like public broadcaster painters that they like, yeah, you know, that they had to, they, they basically had, had stole, to get off the air like we yeah, didn't have any competition yeah yeah they stole their whole gimmick and 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 everything they were doing you know they were famous for like jenkins uh they were they had their own show they painted flowers had books about that and then and then years later this woman is is doing the exact same thing painting the exact same flowers making you know just a copy of those of their show so but it, it bob brought he seemed like he had drive and he, he seemed ambitious. He wanted to be a success. He wanted to, to get out there and do it. So it wasn't just like a hippie. I just want to paint man. Like he seemed to have some <laughs> kind of drive. Right. But th th these people he's in business with had a whole other motive 
definitely. they took it and, to another and, and new he level. wanted to pass things on to his son he wanted to follow in his footsteps and he wanted his son to kind of take over and just legally they were just kind of outmaneuvered and that's that's not yeah what happened yeah because apparently a bunch of people declined to be interviewed for this uh movie including the the was it kowalski the people the couple that he was in yeah they they didn't want to have any part of it but um but some of bob's uh some of his closer friends that were painters or painted under him um and and his son all seem to kind of have about the same story um the same you know kind of impression of who he was and 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 who the other people were um that he was in business with and uh so it, it definitely skews that way um but you know it's bob ross we're talking about a guy that is, is so often grouped together with, with mr rogers and and that ilk um uh, of people we grew up with these very g- kind of kind gentle teaching teachers um right, right that you know bob ross didn't make really his show for kids but it was very popular with kids i i remember it being on uh the entire time i was growing up and sure if it was on there wasn't anything else on i you know you're, you're, oh yeah you're I, d- I yeah i definitely watched it i, I don't i never got out of the canvas and no. came along but <laughs> yeah yeah, we were, we weren't that rich. We we couldn't <laughs> afford those Bob Ross paints. <laughs> yeah, that's the the general idea. It doesn't, you know, there's a few uh, details about his life that you know, there's hints he maybe had an affair or whatever. But it's not it's not dragging him down at all. But it does definitely make the point if you're buying this Bob Ross branded paint. <laughs> or the Chia Pets, like that money's not going to the Bob Ross family or any of his descendants. It's it's not going, at all. It's going to a company. Yeah. So, but it was interesting. It was pretty good. Um, pre, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a fun ass documentary, but it was a good documentary. <laughs> <laughs> so, watch that. Um, also, uh, I got I think the same night I got on a little kick there. I uh, watched um biography. Uh, I want my MTV about the history and the startup of the uh, the cable channel. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, and 1, 4, 5, for man. Mark, diamond, please, for man. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. MTV has been heralded as fresh and innovative and criticized for being shallow. When MTV first hit, this was the biggest talk in the universe. MTV dropped a grenade into our world. Everybody was watching MTV. People had it on like the radio. I want my MTV! Made international stars almost overnight. We had no idea what was going to happen because of MTV. It gave a visual representation to the artist that they did not have before. But you never looked at music the same way again. That was, 
you know, I would say it was much more on the, skewed towards that fun ass documentary uh, style. So, um, you said that this one was on Hulu now. I watched it on Hulu. I think okay. originally it was on A and E. Yeah, because I I think when I saw it, it was it was just the yeah that A and E biography. Yeah, um, but it was it was not bad. Uh, I am old enough that I remember most of that stuff. Um, I watched a lot of MTV hours and hours and hours of MTV as a child. And before when, even when it was just, you know, music videos, um, before the real world and, and teen pregnancy or 16 and pregnant and (laughs) all that stuff. Um, that they later back, off. But, but, yeah, th- these are the years they're talking about. They, they barely had enough music videos, they didn't have right. enough to fill 24 hours. These <laughs> just played the same ones over and over <laughs> and over. Um, but it had some had some good stuff with the, the original executives, uh, the people that started the channel out, how they got it started. Um, with a with a they put together a show, um, it was kind of the same con- concept called Pop Clips where they just played a few music music videos um, that apparently, you know, tested like gangbusters and they were able to take that to Warner brothers and, and start their own channel. Um, and, and just, you know, it was a juggernaut. Uh, that's how I remember it. You know, they ran, I remember those, I want my MTV uh, ads forever. They ran them for years and I was lucky enough that um, my grandparents had the 1980s little, you know, f- plastic fake wood cable box on top of their <laughs> their console TV and um, must have had like five or six individual buttons. You, you would put your TV on like UHF or something and you would push each button for different channels, how it worked at, at their house. So they had ESPN, they had USA network. I re- still remember this. They had Nickelodeon, they had HBO. And um, then you had MTV was one of those channels too. So I, like I said, I was pretty early, uh, ex- you know, exposed to that. So watched a lot of that, a lot of those original MTV VJs back in the, in the very early eighties. So, so some good stuff, some, a lot of interviews, some, you know, it it was interesting getting the perspective of these video disc jockeys. um, I like it. I like these things, especially when there's been enough years ago, you, you feel free history. to say what really happened. Like you don't, you don't have to <laughs> sugarcoat anything anymore. Yeah, it was it was nice to get there. You know, they had no idea what they were doing. They were very inexperienced. The whole lot of them, and then getting the perspective from the the television executives and how they were able to get music videos, how they chose them. You know, um, the the actual production of the channel. And then you, then they threw in the perspective a lot of a lot of those early artists that were making those videos, and and a lot of those they were just like, oh yeah, they were terrible. We had no budget. Um, we we gave very little thought to it. We we would some of them were like, yeah, we made like three three of those a day. You know, it was just 
and, and the difference, you know, just how it came to be. And then so many of them were like British groups back then because they were more familiar with that type of format, had more history with it. So that's why we got, you know, a lot of those bands we would have never known if it weren't for MTV and playing their videos. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I watched that with, um, with my daughter and, and, and my wife a little bit. Um, so they didn't have, you know, Alicia didn't have as much, I don't think, uh, early history with MTV. Um, so some of that may have been some newer information to her, um, but it was interesting and it, it kind of fed into, you know, what, how it became, um, you know, less rock and roll and more diversified, which was interesting. Um, I've seen that interview with David Bowie before. Right, right. I'd like to ask you something. I see, you know, all right. um, it, it occurred to me, having watched MTV over the last few months, um, that it's, it, it's, got, it's a solid enterprise, but it's got a lot going for it. I'm just floored by the fact that there's so, many, so few black artists featured on it. Why is that? I think that we're trying to move in that direction. We want to play artists that seem to be doing music that fits into what we want to play for MTV. There's the, the company is thinking in terms of narrow casting. That's evident. Um, it's evident in the fact that the only few black artists that one does see are on about 2.30 in the morning or, in, or to around 6. Very few are featured predominant, no. predominantly during the day. No. That, uh, that's a th- I'll say that over the last couple of weeks these things have been changing, but it, it's, no, uh, it's a I, slow process. I know. It's, it's funny. I think people have different perceptions when you wind up watching let's say you watch an hour or two or even three a day people somehow come away with different ideas about what we are doing Uh, where he kind of called out the the entire channel and was like you're not playing black artists at all why aren't you why aren't you showing their stuff and uh you know the 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 vj that was doing the interview uh did a really terrible job (laughs) Yeah, of, uh, trying of, to defend well you know. <laughs> so, um but but then how that progressed and and they started playing that and they started playing hip-hop and michael jackson and stuff and and i loved yo mtv raps when i was a kid the ed lover dance and dr dre i loved <laughs> that show um so that was a lot of fun to me getting to see those guys again and given you know the the background on that and how it started at 2 a.m um as they were you know it it quickly became the the biggest hit i think of the network at the time but just and then how that eventually led into things like Polly shore and um beavis and butthead and and road rules and the real world and all of that reality stuff um really got it how it got its start on american television on mtv so and then you know it's i I don't know i to me i'm old it's kind of a shame to me that mtv does not play music videos and it's just i feel like as a as a american culture we're missing out on something because it was just such a a staple i would probably complain and wouldn't like the music videos that they were playing but it would be <laughs> right. nice to have at least we would have them <laughs> and i guess with youtube and all these video sites that, that you know there's still artists are it's, still making them and they're still being seen but it's just not that 
shared. Like if a right. if a if a video dropped on Total Request Live at 5 p.m., everyone I knew saw it that day. Like it was, yeah. you know, that that what that broke a band right there. So now everything's much more, uh, you know, diverse yeah. and and my kids watch it on their phones and yeah. yeah, YouTube and 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 all that. So. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a lot more fun than the Bob Ross thing. Um, I, I didn't get as much out of it as I did the Bob Ross documentary. I just remember it, it, it covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. It, like, did. it, it could have been several parts long and, and re- like, you know, yo MTV raps that, that that's fascinating. Yeah. Like I would have liked to learn more about the origins of that, but it's just kind of boom, boom, boom. Yeah, they could have actually made it a little bit of a like almost like a mini series out of it, and, and like yeah. you said, doing the 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 rap stuff, they could have done a 120 minutes episode. They could have done I could have called out. They could have done a head headbangers ball episode or an MTV News with Kurt Loader episode. I would have loved that. So, um, yeah, all all of that stuff. So I I, I watched hours and hours and hours of MTV back in the day. And it, you know, it brought back a lot of stuff that I'd forgotten about. So the, those spring breaks and, and the poly shores and the, the, um, the Jenny McCarthy on the, on the dating, what was, what was the dating show? Singled out. Chris Singled Hardwick. out. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. So I watched all of that. Um, you know, that, that really branched out into uh, a media a different media category nowadays you know talking about the reality stuff so anyways if you got a time a little bit of time check it out it, it was it was good enough the other movie i watched this week wasn't a documentary but it was a biopic uh just hitting hbo max this week professor marsden and the wonder women who's charles Moulton? That is my pseudonym. Why don't you write Wonder Woman under your real name? Because most Americans have a low opinion of comic book writers. Or is it something else? A person is most happy when they are submissive to a loving authority. I want to study her. She'll break your heart. Don't be jealous. I'm your wife, not your jailer. I think you long for an unconventional life. Maybe I just want her because you do. You think it's possible to love two people at the same time? Why not? What is normal? It can never happen. The world won't let it. Is this what you really want? Dr. Marston, every issue of Wonder Woman is filled with violence, torture, and sadomasochism. This abnormal behavior in your comic is reckless. Yes. So this is about William Moulton Marsden, the creator of Wonder Woman, and his not very typical home life. <laughs> um, 
uh, Marsden's granddaughter, Christy Marsden, has stated publicly that her family, quote, completely rejects any claims made in the film and in no way support this work of fiction. Wow. So they didn't, I don't know how much they, you know, dove into, you know, family history. They didn't interview the kids or grandkids or anything. Um, the director, Angela Robinson, called it an interpretation of their story. So basically saying she was trying to make a good drama and was, wasn't trying to pick every detail of historical accuracy, which, you know, that's that's what it was. It was a, yeah. it was a drama film. It wasn't purporting to be a to be a documentary so uh, this, this came out in 2017 which is the same year as wonder woman the the, uh, the gal gadot yeah. version of wonder woman so probably that, the character had never been <laughs> bigger at that moment in pop culture than 2017 well i remember we watched that uh was it robert kirkman that had that history of comic books yeah. like a year or two ago yeah and, and there was an episode wasn't there an episode about wonder woman in that and like think- the yeah, I believe so. That I mean, I, it was pretty good too. I mean, giving kind of the, I imagine you know maybe not as fictionalized maybe, but but the, the, kind of that same background um, of the uh, creator so mm-hmm. and and his relationships. So yeah, I, I I enjoyed the film as a as a you know an interest in comic book history, but it was also a good you know, romantic sort of movie, a, a little by the numbers, a little melodramatic, a little over the top, but it, that's, that's fine in this, this kind of movie. So it starred uh, Luke Evans as William Marsden, who was Gaston from Beauty and the yeah. Beast, the live action. Yeah. And it's just, he's in that nine perfect strangers at the moment is the most recent thing. Yes, he is. So yeah, he he's is good in that too. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I've seen him in very much, but, and spoiler uh, everyone in this movie is way better looking than the actual people in history. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, yeah, this dude was not a studly professor. He was, he was, uh, he was rather homely. Everybody, yeah. everybody involved with this was pretty yeah. homely. So yeah, he is a professor at Radcliffe, which was basically the women's college, like the sister college to Harvard, because women couldn't get into Harvard at that point. Mm-hmm. So he's teaching psychology at Radcliffe. And his wife is played by Rebecca Hall, who uh, she was uh, Iron Man 3. Uh, she was the scientist in that. And she was just in Godzilla vs. Kong. So they're trying to get th- their careers going. Um, famously, the, the creator of the lie detector test, which mm-hmm. again, may not be perfectly. He kind of developed the cuff that goes on the lie detector test to test your blood pressure. So he didn't. He technically, what? that's a good story that he invented the lie detector, but not really. Oh man! So, uh, so they're, they're um, yeah, an academic couple. Um, and then this young girl starts school there. Uh, Bella Heathcote is the actress. She's in Man in the High Castle and Neon Demon. So, you know, like. The lecherous college professor instantly falls in love with the beautiful young uh, student, but so does his wife. Basically, uh, they yeah. they have an attraction, and uh, it's uh, it was definitely they had like a polyamorous right relationship so at at the time, which was, was very taboo. Yes, and could get them all fired, mm-hmm. and could blow up in their faces horribly if if anyone ever found out. So. 
after some drama and some struggle, they do admit they all have feelings for each other and they can't quite separate each other. So they try something new and <laughs> try all living mm -hmm. together and being together. And the idea of him creating Wonder Woman based on these two women, that the one is smart and strong and outspoken and a, a fighter for, for truth and justice. And the other is, is young and beautiful and uh and spontaneous right. and exciting so it, all the characters of these two women together you know, created princess diana and the, and the movie of course has this references to golden bracelets and someone <laughs> gives him a toy plane that's like see-through so it looks like an invisible plane so there's all mm. these little references that are like ah, all right i see what you're doing well that that was always the thing about the uh, the lie detector you know, he invented the lie detector test right, and, right. and, and she has the lasso of truth. You know, it, uh, it all connected too easily right, almost. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's all kind of framed around these 1950s hearings of indecency and uh, how comic books are rotting kids' minds and stuff. And so there's a ton of, <laughs> they show the old art and all the bondage and the weird sadomasochism. And because every issue, somebody got tied up in the lasso and yeah. somebody got spanked or, or, you know, <laughs> some kind of uh, <laughs> looking back. It maybe was innocent back then to a kid's eyes, but it's pretty yeah. obvious what was going on then. There but. wasn't anybody spanking Superman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I again, as a bit of comic book history, it, it's definitely worth a watch. But it, it was emotional too. It had some good scenes of them grappling with their feelings and all that stuff. So again, uh, it's on HBO Max at the moment, and I, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah, I think Michael watched it. So, but yeah. So, anyways, um, the big, I guess, movie at least in our world. Did you have anything else? Nope. Okay. So the big movie, you know, in our, in our circle, uh, was the latest Marvel movie to come out, just came out and was released into theaters. Uh, much, it was kind of a bummer. I, I've got, I have gotten used to the big movies coming out, you know, on streaming, yeah. whether it was HBO max or Disney plus or, or whatever. And I was like, Oh, I got to go to the theater for this thing. <laughs> like, I don't even have the option to buy it, you know, to, it was definitely, I waited. I didn't see it opening weekend. I waited till Tuesday. Like I, I, I just wasn't really in a hurry. I, and part of it was the hype wasn't really yeah. there for me. There wasn't anything I felt like I had to see right away, but it's also, I'm still a little bit like, it's still weird going out to a movie theater. I, it is. I, I can't get over that. Yeah, I, I just went today. Um, I went to an afternoon showing, late afternoon showing, and I counted five other people in the theater. Um, it wasn't in the biggest theater, but it wasn't in, it was like in the second biggest theater, the one I saw. Mm. Um, everybody sat very spread apart. Um, I don't think not you a, had not the in same. My show. I don't think you had the same experience. <laughs> so, but you went, you went Tuesday night. You went right. to the local $5 special. Well, it's $6 now. Oh, shoot. Theaters are struggling. They had to, they had to up the, the $6. So I hey, was, so 
I was the first one in there. So I, and I went way toward the front. I normally don't sit very close to the front, but I was only like, cause I wanted to be by myself. So I, I went way, yeah. like maybe four rows back. Nobody's going to sit up here. And then, and, I, and then somebody came in and sat like two rows ahead of me, even closer. Mm. And then a whole group came in and sat directly behind me. So like, weird. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> All right. But I, I had my mask on, was tightly secured. Didn't slurp mm-hmm. any popcorn or anything through it. So <laughs> anyway, we're talking, of course, about Shong Chi and the legend of the Ten Rings. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day. You have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men... They wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. Glad I was right. You're just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. Twenty-fifth Marvel movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it was a huge opening. So hmm. for being, I'm sure we're not the only ones hesitant to go to the theater. Yeah, uh, it made seventy-five million in the first three days, which the wow. previous Labor Day weekend record holder was the Halloween reboot in two thousand seven. They made thirty million. So wow. Labor Day is not Labor Day is not a big movie weekend. So m- more than doubled the previous Crushed record, it. and it's already well over 100 million in domestic sales. Um, it's the fastest to 100 million uh, since the pandemic started. And the article I was looking at said it also pointed out this is the one. This is the first one not available day and date on Disney Plus. Right, like Jungle Cruise. What just came yeah. out was Cruella and, and underperformed Black, Black Widow. Widow underperformed. Yeah. So this was an, again, we're just exper- the studios are experimenting. So was it because this was such a better movie and people wanted to see it more, or was it because they had no other choice and had to go to a theater? Right. Hmm. That's interesting. So what, uh, I mean, but what I, did you think? Well, go, well do you I have also saw the, uh, Apparently, it's coming to Disney Plus. They after forty five days. Oh, so it's going to be like they shorten the window. Mm-hmm. So they said like in mid October it'll be on Disney Plus. But I I couldn't find whether it was free on Disney Plus or if it was the premiere access thing. So yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It won't be very long, but it's long enough you know, to make a hundred million in theaters. So mm-hmm. again, we're I think they're just winging it trying to figure out what works best for them as a company. So yeah, I'll be interested to, to see the price point on that. So, so what do you think overall? I, I enjoyed it. I didn't, I said this, 
I said before, this is the stretch where Marvel's going to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. With with Black Widow that they released five years too late. Yeah. Shang-Chi, a character nobody's ever heard of, and the Eternals, who's a weird sci-fi concept nobody knows. So the right. this stretch of movies. Okay, if Marvel's got it, they're gonna do, they're gonna show it to us <laughs> now. And and so I I was impressed. It was a it was an origin story, kind of like we're used to, but it had yeah. enough uh, novel things and I, I liked I liked all the characters. I, I thought the, the action was good. So I, yeah. I wasn't going in expecting to hate it, but I just I didn't think I, I it would blow me away. So I it was a mildly surprised uh, positive positive surprise. Yeah, my um my son went to see this last weekend. And um after he, I was like cuz I asked him about it. He was and him and his girlfriend um both really liked it. And I was like, because I, w- I was on the fence, like, am I even going to go, am I going to bother to go see this? Because, again, movie theaters are icky now. <laughs> um, but then um, after he saw it and, and gave it a, you know, a thumbs up, uh, my daughter went to see it with um, her cousin. And she was, she was telling me how good it was and she really enjoyed it. And, you know, she is not the biggest Marvel movie fan. So I was like, okay, maybe there's something to it. Yeah. It is hard to judge these movies based on (laughs) reviews and hype because there are certain people that everyone is the best thing they've ever seen. (laughs) And there's others who have access to grind for whatever reason and will say they hate it before it ever comes out. So it's, 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 you got to find people you trust. (laughs) so so as of someone who just saw it a few hours ago man i really dug it i i enjoyed it way more than i thought i was going to um there were parts where in the theater i was the only one laughing at the joke um but that was okay i it didn't ruin the experience for me i just i thought it was so much fun it was different enough from the you know, the Marvel formula to keep me interested um, because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know who was going to live, who was going to die. I have no history with these characters at all. Knew nothing about them other than like, he was like martial arts guy. Um, So yeah, I thought for an origin picture, it, it, it hit all the marks for me. Um, the, the character's, I didn't even know like Aquafina was in it. So I, I really had not paid any attention to, the, <laughs> to anything about it. So I was very fresh faced going into this. Um, and we're going to spoil some things here. So if you haven't seen it yet from here on out, we're, we're going to talk some plot details and maybe a few surprises. So right. the spoilers are about to begin. But yeah, as I was sitting there and it opens up in these beautiful, you know, the Chinese, uh, fairy tale world and i thought it it has been a full generation since like crouching tiger hidden dragon that was the year mm. 2000 so <laughs> yeah. like you say like your daughter's probably never seen a kung fu movie where people are dancing on wires and leaves no. and, and treetops and like that that's that's a completely foreign thing to maybe a whole generation now where that 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 got, had kind of a renaissance when we were younger yeah um so yeah that this 
this is going to seem completely different <laughs> to a whole lot of people. But I, yeah, I, um, I thought the, the main actor was a little bit bland. Mm-hmm. They didn't give him, as we talked about in Black Widow, like the supporting cast was so good. Was so much better. The main guy was just the hero and he, yeah. he didn't have as many personality quirks or whatever. So I, and I've, I've never seen Kim's convenience. So that that's where he's best known. Yes. Uh, the actor yes. Simu mm-hmm. Liu, uh, more, more known for comedy, but had done some stunt work and things. So I'm, he, he for, from what little I, a uh, martial arts, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, experience he, I have. He seemed like really <laughs> suited to it. Yeah, he looked cool. Um, the the fight sequences were were all pretty interesting. I thought, mm-hmm. um, even in the way they contrasted the different styles. You know, a lot of times it's just punch, punch, kick, 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 kick. But yeah. the way their different fighting styles and how they, um, you know, blocked each other and countered each move it was interesting um it it my first thought on it i was like oh this is like that um airbender cartoon right right um it i just gave me that vibe in a a whole bunch of the scenes but but yeah i mean i I was impressed i I, it was the the 10 rings were interesting to me um and how they we're getting some spoiler stuff here, but how they how they worked that you know retrofitted that back into that Iron Man two storyline, yeah, and, and having Ben Kingsley come back and, and reprise his his Trevor role, I, think, and, I believe it's three just to be. Is that the third? I oh, the Iron third. Man three, Iron yeah. Man three. Yes, yes. Sorry, um, yeah, two was the. Uh, uh, my bird is with yeah, my like. bird. <laughs> I want my bird. <laughs> Why well, that's the first thing I think of yeah. from that movie. But... Who could forget that classic? <laughs> yeah, I speaking of I, I did not know Ben Kingsley was even in this. I I, I whether that's me not paying attention or they yeah. had kept the lid on it, I'm not sure. But I, I had had a thought of like, okay, this is this is gonna have to touch on that. It's in some way, mm-hmm. with, you know, dealing with the Ten Rings, that's where we knew of it from before. But I, I assume maybe some kind of reference or cameo. But to ha- he was in it for <laughs> quite yeah. a long stretch of the movie, so that that yeah. was surprising. But apparently, uh, Disney Plus just dropped the. There's a short they made called "Hail to the King." It was like an extra in one of the DVDs. It was mm-hmm. like a little ten minute short about Trevor in prison. <laughs> how he got how he got uh imprisoned by the ten ring so that's on disney plus now if you want the connective mm. tissue between iron man 3 and shang chi that is uh and, and, and it's, credit, it's pretty funny yeah some credit to sir ben kingsley there and uh just having fun with this role oh, yeah, as much yeah. as he had for <laughs> you know this many years so yeah so yeah that was uh that was definitely a highlight for me you know him and that dumb thing with that animal that had no face it was just two butts or something i don't, <laughs> I don't know two butts and wings shang chi and the legend of two butts <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, i also i really love the villain so uh, people 
there are people in my orbit who hated Iron Man 3 and still do mm-hmm. because that wasn't Mandarin. That wasn't there. I personally liked that twist where yeah. he was he was not the evil terrorist and he was this <laughs> British twerp. But yeah. that wasn't Mandarin. So I, I know some people who did not like that and will never like that. So I'm curious to see how this will affect people if, if this somehow redeems that we finally got a real Mandarin, even though it's not, not really. We, yeah. But w- I don't know because, you know, that was such the main, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Was that not the main Iron Man villain for decades? Yeah. Yeah. He's the, he's the arch enemy, but we had, we've had so much Iron Man in these, mcu movies over the years that it's like i don't even think about the mandarin like it it, like it it was just a joke but like as a villain like when you say iron man i don't even think about the mandarin like i'm just thinking about avengers movies and thanos and stuff like that now so uh you know they very much moved on beyond that i don't know about the i mean are they still writing mandarin stories in the comics really or Uh... they just went with the movies and yeah, not nothing substantial in a while. But that I believe, like the original Iron Man, that Ten Rings logo, like when he's in the cave, mm-hmm. it's like they were setting this up. Yeah. That was going to be the big payoff. We're going to the Mandarin's going to be this guy, and you know that it never happened. So right. this this is some kind of mashup just to I don't know, just to 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 tie it all together because you know they don't call his name in the movie is uh, Win Wu right he has that line I, i've gone by many names master Khan, and all these so he, he he's he's he is a mashup of a bunch of different characters mm. and i think they succeeded he, he was more interesting than any <laughs> than any of those characters would have been <laughs> yeah, so the actor is tony leung uh who is this is his first american role his first english speaking role he, he speaks fluent english but it's his first role mm not as a in a chinese film and he he's one of the biggest stars of of chinese cinema like uh hmm. he's worked with ang lee john woo wong kar wai like all the famous chinese directors he's worked with all of them he was in hard boiled uh uh the, the grand master in the mood for love like these these cross movies that have crossed over from chinese language to ours so he's he's a huge star and I think yeah. people are going to discover you know, American audiences are definitely going to discover him here because he just, he has such a, a face at like, he has such a motion on his face and he, and a, a power to him. And there's like all the good Marvel villains, there's some sympathy there too. He's not just yeah. pure evil. You know, there's he had been, yeah. he had been redeemed and found love and changed his ways and was kind of, you know, backslid to that. So I think people are really going to like him as, as a villain. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and you know, visually, I thought the effects were, were pretty great. Um, you know, we talked about the two butts thing, but but <laughs> even all these mystical creatures, like it, it, it gave me a little bit of uh, Avatar vibe there for a second. I thought the Neverending Story and okay, right, yeah. the Luck Dragon, Woo! yeah, <laughs> that too. Um. <laughs> But but overall, I, I thought that the dragon looked awesome. Um, like nothing looked. It, of course, it all looked fake, but it was supposed to. It's fantasy. Right. Um, but I, 
the look of the dragon i really liked i just watched not too long ago that that uh disney movie um raya and the last dragon and had a very similar main character visually not the same size but visually the the dragons that's how they looked also Um, features aquafina also features aquafina um but so i really did like that um but i thought the story i mean it, it didn't feel like it really it was a pretty long movie but i didn't get dragged down in it um i never really had that like oh hurry it up moment like get on with it get to the main you know it, it kept me interested enough that that uh i i didn't notice how long it was um really so yeah i thought the story was was fine the i i like the effects of it it you know they're marvel effects they're big budget movie um and, and the actors the characters were were i thought were funny and interesting and and there was plenty of them to go around so even even you know having wong and uh and his little part in there i mean it was i was like i never thought i'd give two craps about wong (laughs) he's a fan favorite now but yeah i'm like oh yeah let's see more wong let's see more wong (laughs) can never have too much wong but yeah, I, I could have seen Aquafina could have been annoying and superfluous, but I, I really liked her. I thought they, they used her just enough. Maybe they didn't mm. over, overuse her and her quips. And I think she's funny anyway. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is great in, you know, from Crouching Tiger, the original uh, Kung Fu movie like that. Yeah. Uh, she, was, she was excellent. And the, the lady who played her sister, his sister, Shai mm-hmm. Ling. Her name is Mung uh, uh, Mung Arjong. I'm gonna I'm gonna use all. I learned how to say all these. So I'm gonna use them all. I'm gonna I'm gonna pepper all of them. In. This is her first film credit. She mm. had done some theater and some acting, but this is her first time in a movie. And she I I thought she was really good too as the yeah the you know the neglected sister and you know the with all the family issues. So yeah, everybody did a good job. Hmm. Um, yeah, to since we are a, a podcast of comic fans, I'll, I'll throw, I don't know a ton about uh, the character. I, I haven't. It's one of those guys when he shows up, it's like, hey, it's, hey, cool. I love Shang Chi. Yeah, it's great to see. It. But like, <laughs> I have not read a ton of it. But yeah, like you said, uh, a, a character straight out of the seventies during the Bruce Lee fad. It was just trying to cash in on that. Uh, Mm-hmm. like the deadly hands of kung fu so it was those kind of you know 70s kung fu movies straight out of that so originally his dad was the villain fu manchu who is the old pulp villain from old pulp novels with the the famous yeah. evil chinese mystic with a mustache that he i don't know if had gone to the public domain or marvel had licensed it somehow but they they had used this character fu manchu as hmm. his dad which has been retconned in recent years and again he's gone by many names so he's he's and he's immortal or whatever so we're not using this kind of yellow scare quote-unquote racist caricature anymore so it's kind of a mashup of that and all the mandarin stuff and it felt very iron fist too uh Mm -hmm. with Somebody says something about the you know, the heart of the dragon, which is how yeah. Iron Fist you know gets his power. Th- this idea of the mystical cities, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Iron Fist. You could only get to Kunlun through a mystical portal that was only open a certain amount of time. So yeah. it, it felt so close to Iron Fist. It feels like th- it has to be on purpose. They're, they're maybe trying to dovetail these together somehow that uh, their their origins yeah. are going to kind of work together in the future at some point. Even the, um, you know, the, the, the army of the 10 rings when they're black ninja outfits yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Very much of the, the look of the hand. So, right. Right. So it, uh, and that's that it fits along with what's going on in the comics. In modern day is basically he, he had defeated his father and taken over, uh, it's not the ten rings in the in the, in the comics. It's mm-hmm. the the deadly the deadly hand I think it's called or so, uh, something along those lines. But like he's in charge of this criminal organization and is trying to use it to do the right thing now and is having a hard time <laughs> keeping, keeping yeah. and and people don't trust him. They don't want him to be running this organization. So the the ending with the sister being in charge now. Like I saw some review. Oh, I, oh, I didn't get why she turned villainous. It's like well, it's not really say it's not. It doesn't necessarily say she's a villain. Yeah, it doesn't. It She's doesn't give the you. Joint. Yeah, it doesn't give you a, a, any indication of either or. So, yeah. yeah. Were you surprised? Um, in the uh, in in the after credits, were you surprised we got a a Ruffalo sighting and a um, again, it's it nothing should surprise us anymore in the in <laughs> tying it into these Avengers. But yeah, I was a little bit like, hey, that guy, even though yeah, it, you know, yeah, it shouldn't be, but. And then I never, I never even thought of it. And maybe you hadn't either. And you've just seen it. Um, people are going nuts trying to figure out why he's back in human form. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Because yeah. Professor Hulk in the past movie. Yeah. He turned himself. He was the best of both worlds. He was Hulk. Right. He's he got his arm the, in the sling. He still yeah. had the arm sling, but he's back to human. And people are mm. doing, well, they just didn't want to pay to animate it. Save a couple thousand dollars. But he's also going to have a role in She-Hulk coming up, so we might get an explanation there or what. Yeah, I we'll get to it. Like the Marvel doesn't leave a lot of plot holes. We got a lot of content. <laughs> we'll eventually get to it. So I'm not going to stress about it. But yeah, so there, there were two. That was the the first, the mid credits thing where Captain Marvel and Hulk. Uh, yeah. Basically saying welcome aboard and. Yeah. Well, they're getting they're, his training from Wong or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, they're in the restaurant, and then yeah, Wong comes and, and gets them. So uh, more Wong, but um, but yeah, I I that surprised me a little bit. And like, is the the beacon they're they're talking about? Is that gonna do you do you anticipate that um, running into Eternals? That that was the, the I think that was the theory most people seem to have online. Yeah, that it's okay. if these are ancient weapons or, or some mm-hmm. aliens somehow in in origin that yes that makes sense yeah. um i i could see them going either way who knows but yeah that 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 seems to make the most sense especially that that's the the next movie up on the right, right. on the schedule <laughs> so uh so the only you know, the other cameos uh if you remember the abomination was in the trailer and at least the people I I've come in contact with were pretty hyped. Yeah, Abomination's coming back, and he didn't factor into anything at all. Anything, yeah. But again, I he uh, was Tim Roth. I think was his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's 
he's been cast in She-Hulk, so we're going to get some yeah, some something. more with, with Abomination. So if you got real hyped about Abomination by the trailer, you were probably let down. Well, they do a Marvel and Disney do a really good job with um like it's been a long time since we've seen that character. So naturally they're gonna update the look mm. and, and making it more comic book accurate. So that's a nice little way of like, oh, we'll just give you a few seconds. Yeah. And then when we get into more important roles, um, you'll be used to, it won't be a shock. You won't be focused in on that new look. Which is the benefit of this giant connected universe. You can, right. you can pepper stuff in like that. But uh, there was also a couple of cameos in the fighting ring. Black, There was a Black Widow, one mm-hmm. of the many yeah. female widows, uh, and, and as one of the soldiers with the extremists. Mm-hmm. Upgrade yep. from Iron from Iron Man three. We're seeing in very quick little moments. Um, the, the other were villain, some of those made to look like Street Fighter characters to you? I, it was a little. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was like references or just they're they're just kind of archetypes. Like yeah, yeah, the sumo guy. Uh, yeah, like yeah. The there was like a guy in a red gi, a guy in a white yeah. gi. I think I was just like. <laughs> okay where's the big green guy then with the with the hair like is john claude gonna pop out there and (laughs) anyways and the other minor villains razor fist again was uh just a very d-list marvel villain with swords for hands um and death dealer was the guy in the intricate mask and the uh, the hood Because I did not know who that was. I wouldn't have either, but and I swear when uh, when they somebody grabs the keys to the car, Mm -hmm. the BMW product placement of the the Razor Fist Mobile. Yeah, I swear the keychains. I swear one of them said Gorgon, but I just saw Mm. for a split second and I can't find it anywhere online. Which Gorgon is another villain. It was a Wolverine villain and had. uh, he was in uh, 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 Secret Warriors, uh, fighting Nick Fury from years back. Mm. So I thought, I so I not knowing who Death Dealer was, I'm like, is that supposed to be Gorgon? I couldn't tell, but uh, I don't know. So it was, yeah. it, it, I either it was a trick of my eyes or a reference <laughs> so fast and obscure that nobody else saw. So I don't know. What what was that villain's name? What was the laser? Razor fist. Razor fist. Yes. Okay, not to be confused with the Razor Crest on the Mandalorian. Or Laser Face. Or Taser Face face (laughs) on Guardians. Well, in the comics, Razor Fist, both his hands are knives. Oh, okay. And I have a feeling if you do that in live action, you're going to get more questions. Like, no, wait a minute. Yeah. How does this guy do basic functions around the house with with knives for him? He should should fight um, Meek. The the alien guy <laughs> from Guardians. Ah, <laughs> so, uh, wow. So yeah, that that's a. I I just I you know it's very fresh in my mind mm-hmm. the experience I had. I just really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. So I'm happy that it's done well um, at the theaters. Um, because you know me, I, when it comes to comic books, I like these kind of oddball, mm-hmm. 
uh, C and D list characters way more than I typically, you know, like your Superman or Batman or, or Captain America or whatever. So, and there's so much more room. You said, yeah, he doesn't have a long convoluted backstory. Like you, you can twist him mm. in new exciting ways. So, so yeah, very unexpected things they could do with him. He, he could fit on any sort of team, this yeah. dark Avengers team we think is forming or Thunderbolts or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Or he could go with this other Avengers team or secret Avengers or what, whatever the next phase is, they can kind of and, uh, and, pencil him in anyway. <laughs> and, and every time Marvel announces one of these movies that ever the general public is like, who? Yeah. <laughs> I think to myself, all oh, the story must be really good. Because if they're willing to to you know cast the check on some oddball character, the story must already be pretty good. So I've got and- hopes for Eternals and, and everything else down the line that isn't, you know the Avengers we know. And again, adding to the diversity of the Marvel universe as the first Asian led film, uh, the mm-hmm. director, uh, Destin Daniel Cretton is, is an Asian descent. Um, and it's easy to be cynical and think, Oh, well this, you know, for the Chinese market, they're going to cash in, you know, they're just going to you know pump this out to, to sell this movie in China like Disney is, is famous for. But literally, as I was sitting here waiting to log on, I saw an article that the Chinese release is unlikely. Oh. Uh, uh, apparently, Simu tweeted a few things a few years back that the Uh-oh, Chinese Simu. government doesn't like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 2017 interview with the CBC... The Canadian-born actor referenced his parents telling him about the conditions under communist rule and referred to China as a third-world country where people were dying of starvation. Mm, yeah, I can see why so, they didn't like that. So that's, you know, the Chinese censors are very sensitive about that kind of thing. And even Eternals, the director of Eternals, Chloe Zhao, that, you know, her movie, you know, Nomad Land. Mm-hmm. And a, they're not going to because she has been critical of China in the past. So these two Marvel blockbusters are, are lo, not likely going to get that huge cash infusion that that mm. the Chinese opening gets. So this seemed made for that market. Like yeah. they were catering to that market. It seemed like, and it might not be happening now. So I'm sure that somebody at <laughs> Disney accounting department is pulling their hair out. There, there goes that Shang Chi. Uh, dark ride at Shanghai Disney. <laughs> We've... Yeah, it felt. Yeah, it, it felt very. You know, with the Chinese mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the cre- like the nine tailed fox. Like, there's yeah. a straight out of Chinese fairy tales and starring bankable Chinese stars who are famous here and there. Like, I don't know. That, that's that seems crazy. It wouldn't be a huge blockbuster over there, but. Yeah. I guess the, the government has more more important things to worry about. Ay, ay, ay. So I, right. the 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 A V Club review I thought put pointed out something interesting. They call it a mixtape of martial arts movie genres. So that first scene with all the wire work and the dance mm-hmm. basically dan- that was uh that was House of Flying Daggers or or crouching tiger that kind of style the the bus the bus chase 
and the scaffolding mm. fight is a Jackie Chan movie. And that scaffolding the, scene was great, though. Yeah, the, the stunt work and the, the mm-hmm. practical effects and the, the crazy, crazy stunts. <laughs> the underground fighting ring is something like Bloodsport or Mortal Kombat. Yeah. One of those kind of genres. Uh, when they go after the gangsters in that hideout with a bunch of neon and people in fedoras, that's like, that's an 80s John Woo movie. <laughs> Straight out the box. <laughs> and all those, every version of the, the Chinese cinema mashed up with a Marvel superhero origin story. And yeah. here's what you get. Like it was, it, it was just, they borrowed from here, borrowed from there and, and made something again, mm-hmm. the, the kid, maybe I, I would recognize those references, but kids are just going to be blown away. Of It's going to seem so fresh and exciting. So I get, yeah, I think we have new, new stars in the Marvel universe. Yes. And, uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a big hit. Yeah, because the only thing you know I would have recognized was probably the the Michael Jackson Thriller jacket right. costume he wore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it was it was good. I liked it. So I'll be interested to hear um, to hear what Michael and uh, and Seth thought of it. Um, see if they were on the same page as us. Right, right. We we all tend to usually with the Marvel movies. I think we all generally like them. Typically, so uh, DC is a whole other story. Yeah, yeah. We don't talk about that. So. There's always differing opinions on DC. But... <laughs> so. We did escape a lot of talk about Spider-Man Two tonight because that's all Seth would have wanted to talk. Yes, about. thank God for that. We got that trailer for uh, the next Spider-Man movie, and he went on a Spider-Man 2 kick and has been sending screenshots and memes all week referencing Spider-Man 2. The entire world is about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wait, everyone? Can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So MJ's going to forget about everything we've ever been through? Stop tampering with the spell. Oh my God, Ned, he's my best friend. Oh, my Aunt May should really stop talking. What just happened? We tampered with the stability of space-time. Multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. you trying to live two different lives the longer you do it the more dangerous it becomes be careful what you wish for parker hello peter That's really my only because we didn't mention the what if uh series, but did you watch the what if the latest the zombies one? Yes, yes. Okay. I just watched that too. Um watched that yes yesterday. And uh I I've seen some criticism on on that episode, but I really liked it for the most part. Mm. But I'm a little like as a not the biggest Spider-Man fan, I'm a little scared that this next several um films or or phases are going to be so spider-man heavy 
I'm getting a little worried because I, I've seen some rumblings about Disney trying to um, uh, to get the uh, to get the Spider-Man buy the Spider-Man movie rights back and get Tom Holland signed in yeah. to do Disney Spider-Man movies, not Sony Spider-Man movies. So, so yeah. Well, we'll see how big this Venom sequel is and how much how much clout Sony has if, if they can. Uh... Does that even look, I didn't even see the first one. It just, it looked terrible to me. And, and this carnage, it, it still looks terrible. It's, it was okay. It was, it was fine. It wasn't okay. a Marvel Studios movie for sure. Yeah. I mean, is it fairly, I don't even remember when we talked about it. Is it fairly accurate to the comics or? They make it a little more, you know, comedic's not the right word, but like he bickers. Like he can hear the venom symbiote in his mind, and they mm-hmm. like there's some funny like odd couple like bickering mm-hmm. or him him acting weird in front of people who don't know what's wrong with him and that kind of thing. So there's a little more like slapsticky kind of stuff like that, where rather it's than very the, the horror or the yeah, yeah. It's, it's not body horror or anything like that. But, hmm. but yeah, watching that Marvel Zombies cartoon, I thought you know we're 25 movies deep, and we're getting this weird stuff. I was like, but by the time another 25 movies comes out, we're going to get a Marvel zombies movie. There's going to be before I'm an elderly person. Hopefully (laughs) we're going to get stuff like that in live action. I'm sure. So let's let's mark that down in podcast history and go back to that in 20 years. I'm here for that. Like just do it. If you're going to do it, freaking do it. Put Halloween time. Let's have Marvel zombies in the, in the part, in the Disney parks, like chasing people around. I would love that. So. <laughs> so. Oh, all right. Well, that uh that got I think that got the podcast out of my system tonight. Okay, I needed good, to get that out. Good. So because we are barreling toward 300. Yeah. We got a uh this is, this is 298, isn't it? Yeah. All right, so one one more to go before the big three hundo. And the anniversary Crazy. special. Crazy, man. Crazy. So hope you come back for that and uh, whatever else we're doing. So, And hope we did justice to our missing comrades. And hope yeah. uh, we we lived up to the KPP pedigree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will see you soon. Goodbye, everybody. My name is Jordan Lowe. The Farns. Goodbye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show, Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udamwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute 
but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share. I got to say it this week. How about that? <laughs> you should just start saying it before he speaks. And then just jump. Oh, God, that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> just wait for that little pause and then just shout it. <laughs> that would be good. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to that. <laughs>